You can hear that how? <laughs> I. Uh, oh shit! I can hear your voice, Chad. You should hear my voice. Hello. <laughs> Is no, your wait, Twitch not muted? That's what happened. That's what uh, happened. I'm so okay. out of the swing of things, ladies and gentlemen. I want to apologize right up front. I gave Chad and Adam a heart attack right up front. I'll say this. I'll say this. This wasn't a particularly bad, like, winter break vacation for me, but it definitely was one of my least restful in quite some time. Uh, I had to, like, do a master cleanse of our family domicile two times in a row to prepare for some people that had some very pressing food allergies. It was all worth it because we had some great parties as a result, but... I'm coming out of this vacation pretty tired, which is not normally how it's supposed to go. So I when you say master cleanse, I think lemon juice, salt water, cayenne pepper and maple syrup. And then you drink right. that and that's all you drink for like 10 days. That's what you did I, to never, your house? I, I mean, in essence, yeah. Like because we really wanted to make sure that there wasn't like, you know, a single tiny itty bitty strain of like cashew nuts or whatever anywhere. We really, we really went all out, and I guess it paid off, but in some ways not. What a great start to 2023 we've had so far in these first couple minutes. Welcome, everyone, to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Minnis. Mm, <laughs> 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 we've also got with us your regular co-host, Adam Poppy seed, Gumbert. How you doing, Adam? Mm -mm. I love poppy seeds. Love getting that. What was that uh, fucking Seinfeld episode where she ate poppy seeds and got like heroin on her drug test or something? Yeah, yeah. It's poppy seeds opium. equal. Yeah, it's opium, right? Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's that why me. Dorothy falls asleep because she's a fucking drug addict in that poppy field. Oh wow, <laughs> rough. Yeah, and we've also got here our rap regular Alex. Maple syrup and cayenne pepper. <laughs> Casino, how are you, Alex? I'm doing well. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast because of the comedy button, you'll be pleased to know that we are just as irreverent and over the top as those guys. So, welcome. I hope that it's you enjoy true. your stay. Welcome, everyone. Uh, if, if you are not familiar with the comedy button, if you are a Respawn, Aim, Fire, uh, Apple Idiots fan, uh, Alex got to host something on a really cool podcast called The Comedy Button. Alex, you want to tell people what that was? Yeah. So, you know, for years, I'd been a fan of the podcast. I, you know, followed the hosts. I'd made <laughs> weird food creations on Twitter, like actual real life pizza whistles, which are a reference to the show that it would take a real long time to explain. Um, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, we should do something. And fast forward a few months later of deliberation and stops and goes, I was like, you know what? Let's do a big old game of comedy button themed Jeopardy. Uh, and we recorded that as a kind of Patreon exclusive episode of the podcast. So if you want to go and check that out right now, it's two hours long and it's available at the lowest tier of their Patreon. And if, if that wasn't enough to convince you, if you're a Respawn Name Fire fan, you're probably going to be interested in the fact that it's not just Jeopardy, it's called Butt Pretty, right? No. Correct. Yes, that I should make a point. I made that mistake during the show itself. It's not actually Jeopardy. I'm only saying Jeopardy to describe the style of game that it was. Uh, for legal reasons, it is a totally distinct and unique game called Butt Pretty. So, Excellent. Just Excellent. to be clear. 
<laughs> I love it. That's really dope. Go check that out. Subscribe to the lowest tier of Patreon on the comedy button. And then while you're on Patreon, like also just subscribe to us if you're not already. Do it. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's subscribe to the lowest tier for them, the highest tier for Respawning Fire. Yes. The highest tier of the only tier of $1 for us. Go do that. Funny thing. Yeah. I'm on two Patreons. They're Respawning Fire and Comedy Button. Those are the two that I'm on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Okay. Perfect. If you are listening to us right now with your earballs, you're probably doing that on a Sunday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash affableidiots. Or, special New Year edition, we're doing it Monday morning right now. But uh, if you're not listening to us right now, as I'm saying these words, into time and space, you're listening to us on demand on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We've got not a lot of things today to talk about, but we have a couple of cool ones uh, that are going to highlight. We're going to talk a little bit about Spider-Man 2. We're going to talk a little, not Andrew Garfield, not Tobey Maguire, not Tom Holland, but Yuri Lowenthal, Spider-Man 2. That's what we're talking about. Ooh. Some Jedi Survivor stuff. Uh, we've got a cool segment from Adam about predictions for the year, but we're going to start today with our personal goatee lists. We're going to call them Pagonias. Pago uh, uh, yep. That's what, pierogies. That's what I'm going to call them, pierogies. These are our pierogies, personal yeah. game of the year list, pierogies. Uh, we've already had an episode that we recorded late December where we talked, where we kind of narrowed down what Respawn Aim Fire's overall game of the year was. Go check that out. Spoilers. It was God of War, but it wasn't It wasn't God of War versus Elden Ring, which is surprising. So uh, go check that out. Uh, we are now just going to go through our lists of our top games for the year. Some honorable mentions are our pierogies. And uh, Alex, I know that you've got the longest list of us, so I'm going to start with you. If you want to take us through your list of pierogies, uh, sure. what do you got this year? So, my top 10 games of 2022 looks like this. And, and I do want to just say up front, uh, in composing this list, I considered every single game I had played in 2022 not just games that released in 2022 although it is still mostly made up of 2022 games uh at the number 10 spot sonic frontiers Ooh. number nine vampire survivors number eight splatoon 3 specifically splatoon 3's single player campaign although i did enjoy the multiplayer as well number seven elden ring number six neon white Number five, Inscription. Uh, number four, Life is Strange 2. Number three, mm. God of War Ragnarok. Number two, Citizen Sleeper. And number one, Tunic. Ooh, Tunic grabbed your personal game of the year. I love it. It your did. Pierogi. It did. So I'm shocked uh, about, well, I'm going to let you talk, of course. By the way, well, awesome. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. And we'll yeah, be yeah, satisfied of jumping off. Scription's great. Should be on there. I'm shocked that Life is Strange. I didn't know you played Life is Strange. No, you did play all the Life is Stranges this year whenever right. we were getting ready to do True Colors. That's right. I'm shocked you liked it that much. Yeah, I was just, it, it was like a consistently, like, well done kind of uh, adventure game from start to finish that had, like, an especially good ending. I was, like, really impressed by the ending in, like, ways that, like, typically, I'm not. I feel like it's very common that we're like, oh, man, it was really good. And its ending was fine. Its ending was acceptable. This one, like, really kind of hit it home with its ending. And it's more or less the reason why it secured such a high spot on my list. 
That's cool. I like to hear that. Should have played that one instead of True Colors, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, go Just briefly kind of going over the rest of my list. Um, Sonic Frontiers at number 10. I mean, some people will, you know, probably balk at that. The thing is, is I didn't want to put Sonic Frontiers at the number 10 spot on my list as solely a middle finger to the kind of people that love to hate on Sonic. I didn't want it to just be there just be like fuck you i love sonic frontiers i wanted it to be there because i really enjoyed it and lo and behold i really had a lot of fun with sonic frontiers it has many incredibly obvious problems in ways that the other nine games on this list don't but when that game sings it sings real hard uh and so i think it's well deserving of that spot Vampire Survivors, I mean, you know, what a fantastically addictive game. Uh, I reiterate what I said, though, uh, on the podcast when I first beat it, which is that I do wish that the game did a little bit more with the kind of constraints of its, you know, level design. I felt like there were too few levels where it really kind of uh, played around uh, with its sort of mechanics and uh, levels in an interesting way. There was that one level where you're constantly going upwards as you're kind of fighting those various Reapers, and I just wanted there to be more like that. But overall, so really good. Uh, Splatoon 3, like I said, loved its single-player campaign. Did walk away from it, though, being like, man, I do wish that we got like a really like super high-budget version of this, which is probably why I didn't rank it a little bit higher. Elden Ring is the only game on this list that I did not beat. Uh, I still logged like quite a few hours into it. And when it came time to uh, winter vacation, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to focus on all the other games that I've already beaten or I am on the verge of beaten because I know that I'm in for the long haul with Elden Ring. And I, I know some people are, you know, undoubtedly probably upset that it's at the number seven spot on this list. But I think that just speaks to how you know, quality of an experience it was that it still managed to be at the number seven spot, even though I only played a relatively small percentage of it. Uh, Neon White is at number six. I, um, when I initially started playing this game, I was super duper, super duper high on it. I was absolutely loving my time with it. And I thought it could eclipse Tunic as my favorite game of 2022. However, I felt like some of its latter levels really kind of dragged on a lot. I really enjoyed the opening of the game for kind of how short and kind of like in and out so many of its levels were. Most of them only took between like 20 and 30 seconds. By the time that you get to the end of the game, though, you have multiple levels that take like multiple minutes to complete. And I feel like it just it, it messes with that sort of perfect formula that I feel like the beginning of the game was able to hit. Um, but even with that, it's still a game that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Inscription at number five. I had a lot of fun with that game yeah. for, you know, reasons that we have, uh, you know, ventured over many times before on this podcast. Uh, you know, it, it makes some weird swings. Not all of them hit, but overall, it was a fantastic time. And I'm looking forward to finally platinuming it this year. Uh, Life is Strange 2. We, you know, went over that one. God of War Ragnarok, you know, again, another game that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, all the ways in which I do and don't like it. Uh, I think what secured it at the very least at being at the number third spot on my list and no uh, kind of lower than that is just sort of completing a lot of the post-game stuff uh, over the break and just having a real good time with that stuff. Citizen Sleeper at number two. I mean, Citizen Sleeper can't claim to have the really strong, polished gameplay of a God of War Ragnarok, but... It's storytelling and writing 
blew me the fuck away. And like, I, it's, I will be shocked if like a game is able to overtake the quality of Citizen Sleeper's writing anytime soon. Uh, and then finally, Tunic at number one. Uh, I previously talked about this during our, you know, game of the year discussion podcast. Like, Tunic uh, made me kind of relive what it was like to experience uh, the original Dark Souls for the first time. And, you know, wrapped up, uh, wrapped that up in a package that also had a lot of, you know, new and original stuff to it as well. Namely, the uh, mechanic of finding pages for the uh, instruction booklet and kind of interpreting what it is that it had to say, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And yeah, I, I you know, I always had my list open to having another game overtake Tunic as my favorite game of the year. Uh, but ultimately, none were able to match its quality. And so that is the list as it stance i love it so we've talked so much about game of the year stuff in the last you know six weeks but i still love being surprised by some things on your list that's fantastic adam you had a, a special beverage there that you were drinking <laughs> sure did what Wait you, for what you the top cracked it open not just zero sugar frostbite from mountain dew Ooh, what this flavor is frostbite? cool melt it says cool melon cool melon yeah, menthol melon is what <laughs> I'm going to call it. I was going to say, is that like menthol cigarette melon? <laughs> mm -hmm. Goes down smooth. Um, yeah, no, good times, good times. Again, I always, I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. I'm going to open a drink every time you speak on this podcast. Oh, so. dear. You know what? You know oh, what's dear. fun? I uh, was driving cross country this past weekend, and uh, on my way, I acquired Mountain Dew Hard. A couple of cases of Mountain oh, Dew Hard. Oh, yes. Very nice. But I also have a New Year's resolution for the whole month of January. I'm not doing any sugar or soda. So I like have all of this Mountain Dew Hard sitting in my fridge right now, and I want to open it on this podcast, and I just can't. But February, February 1st, 1st is going to be a fun episode, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Chad, are you going to go first? Uh, no, let's have first. you go. Let's have you go. We've got five each, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah, I also yeah. did five as well. Uh, number five on my list, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I talked about it. Of course, during that podcast, but yeah, it's really not like, oh my God, this is the most amazing story. I was just like, man, I didn't have more fun for three hours this year than playing Shredder's Revenge. So I'm like, I got to give it its flowers because it's just fun as fuck. Uh, number four, Immortality. I know I liked it more than some of the people on this podcast, but man, I was like, Sam Barlow, give me this weird ass FMV game that goes places. And I was super into it. I'm like, it's not to the same levels as Inscription, but I like the weird vibes that it gives me. And I'm like, cool. And I've also never played any of the FMV games. So for me, it was like, this is dope as shit. Uh, number three, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Let me tell you, it was what I wanted it to be. Did I'm you so happy it? this game acts. But yeah, dope. come on. Of course, dope. Chad. Uh, <laughs> I've beaten it. I've done everything in the game there is to do, and I'm waiting for the DLC so I can do New Game Plus. Um, super excited. Awesome. I was worried about it. I'm like, are they going to pull this off? Then they pulled off everything about it. It's great. Card mechanics is fun. Fun combat. And the story is really cool and weird. And the characters are all super horny and your best <laughs> friends. And it's wonderful. Uh, I don't have a number two because Elden Ring is number one and nothing is even close to Elden Ring. <laughs> really? <Shut> okay. <laughs> yep. Elden Ring by just number one game of all time, not all time, definitely of the year. As for, again, as someone who didn't, I'll oh, go ahead, Alex, you're asking a question. I was going to say, if you need a game to slot in at the number two spot, uh, Sonic Frontiers is looking Yeah, anyway, uh, so talking about, <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Uh, no, it was a game where I, I've played from games, wasn't really into them. I specifically have 
gripes with all the from games uh and elden ring still has some of those problems and didn't care i was like no this is it this is the thing i am super in elden ring it's my favorite game to come this year again not even close like i was i went into it I'm like i'm gonna play god of war this is the thing that can compete for it and i love god of war and i was like still though nothing changed my mind about that video game but no, number two was god of war ragnarok i'm being silly of course but uh yeah no elden ring is it's like hey do you hate um menthol watermelons I'm like yeah they're fucking gross and then someone gives you one it's like actually this is the best food ever made so yeah. that's what Elden ring is it's a really good menthol watermelon dope dope um so I, here's my five you might be surprised by number five no you me surprised you? and here here you go here i'm gonna give you both one guess i don't know i don't think you will ever be able to guess what my number five game is mario rabbits nope alex does it go fast it does not go fast. <laughs> it is Sonic. Diablo Immortal is my number five oh, yeah. game. That's the iOS okay. Diablo game that launched this year that I felt was just like such an authentic Diablo experience on your phone. Um, it was fantastic. I, I I did similar to like Marvel Snap. I played like way too much of it way too quickly and hit the the, uh, the progression kind of wall with the... It's not really a paywall, but it was like a do a bunch of these rifts a bunch and it's like okay i've kind of lost interest but it was like it was such a cool faithful diablo experience so perfectly suited for mobile and it's weirdly enough like that's how i want to play my diablo now is is mobile mm -hmm. i want to play I, like i know diablo 4 is going to be fantastic i'm gonna love it and it's not going to be on mobile but like i really want it to be uh so that's yeah my number five my number four was pokemon legends arceus you were an Arceus boy. I you? was. I was a little Arceus boy in, in January. As I talked about earlier, like I, I put that, that was a full-time job that week. I put like 45 hours in in one week. Um, yeah, it's the future. That's that to me was the future of the fan franchise. It's what I want future Pokemon to be. I haven't played Scarlet and Violet yet, but I've heard those are very good games too, despite the glitches. Number three, for a lot of the same reasons Alex has it on his list, was Tunic. It's, I still have not beaten it, but um, I played a, a ton of it right when it launched. And yeah, it was such a charming game that those Souls games, the Zelda top-down games, it's just like, it's it's so charming and great. Number two, screw you, Adam. This is getting on the list. It's Inscription. It counts. Inscription counts this year. I said it, you're, I said it counts for your personal list. <laughs> no, I said that already. It counts. It counts. This is a pierogi. No matter what you say, this is my number two That's pierogi. Great. I was my number one game last year, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's, yeah, another fantastic game. Just go play it if you haven't played it. It's on, I think, everything now, right? Or is it just PlayStation Yeah, it's PC? on Switch. Well, Switch, PlayStation, PC. Yeah, I think everything but Xbox. Okay. Yeah, go play it, everyone. Yeah. And don't look up anything about it. And just play it and enjoy it and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we all know God of War Ragnarok is my number one. So no surprises there. Very fun list. Yeah, yeah, good list there. I was Diablo trying, Immortal? I, yeah, I was trying here? to think of like what my there are like cuphead dlc was out there and that was really good but it was still you know more cuphead vampire survivors was out there that was very good and it was like i don't know man i spent a lot of time with diablo immortal right at right at launch it was great i know you're hyped for four but yeah good list everybody i like alex especially because he had his list was like games that i'm like is this going to be my number five or not because i was like sitting sleeper is really good tuning's really good vampire survivors really good i just decided to put whatever i put instead i've already closed the app so i don't remember what it was <laughs> All right, those are our pierogies for the year. So we will uh, we will leave that at that. Go ahead and tweet at us, Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter, and let us know 
what your pierogies were this year, your personal game of the year lists. For now, though, we're going to move into playtime where we talk about what we played this week. And because Alex went first with his long list of pierogies, Adam, you're going to go first with your long list of what you played. Yeah, I played a lot during the break because I was like, I don't want to play anything. So let me just play a bunch of stuff. Uh, so I'll just go top to bottom. Death Stranding. I tried playing it back when it came out, fell off of it. I was like, I'm going to give it a real honest try. And I started playing Death Stranding. I'm farther than I was the first time. I saw the same issues where I'm like, hey, I really like Norman Reedus. I think the world looks really cool because I'm playing it on PC. And so it's like, you know, everything's maxed out. So, man, this game is pretty and I like the idea of it. But holy shit, this game doesn't stop talking at you. It's a Kojima game. All the yeah. things that are negative and positive. I'm like, there's interesting things here, but holy shit, this is boring and long and I don't care about this story. Um, I'm going to keep playing it, but... I also started playing Persona 5 Royal at the exact same time because another game I started but never finished. And then I put, you know, I'm in in game. I'm two months into Persona. Like, I just have not stopped playing Persona 5. So I'm like, I'll play Death Stranding at the same time. Wink. I'm not going to keep playing that game. I'll probably stop because uh, Persona 5 is fucking fantastic. Everyone already knows that. But I'm happy I actually was able to stick with it this time. Um so I'm probably going to beat that game. It says 100 hours. I got a feeling that's how long it's going to take me. Uh, <laughs> also, started playing Fallen Order just because I play that game about once a year and certain things happen that made me excited for Jedi games. Uh, see, now this is the problem. What is this? <laughs> uh, v and F. Vaginal fungus. No, they're separate words. Um, w uh, w3 is Witcher 3. I started playing the next gen update. Very pretty. Very cool. Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns is down here. What is V and F? I will let you guys go. Basically, it was Death Stranding and Persona 5, but V and F were also something that I played. What's that? What's that Sega game? The like fast paced shooter that came out and like there's a collection with Bayonetta. Vanquish? Vanquish? Is that what it is? No, it's not Vanquish. Oh, it's Valorant. That's what it is. I okay. downloaded Valorant. Oh, I'm going to start playing a okay. PC shooter game because I'm going to turn into that. My son wanted to play, and I was like, you know what? Because uh, on Game Pass, you have everything for Riot is free. Like, every hero for every one of their games, just, like, everything's unlocked. I was like, you know what? I'll try, and we'll see what happens. And F is, let me look on my list, Fortnite. That's right, because every Christmas I play Fortnite and spend $100, so. Oh, the I actually. The tradition continued. I didn't even write that down on my list, but I actually played some of that as well. I'm going to yeah, make a note of that. Fun. All the Marvel stuff was out there. Mm -mm. Luke Skywalker hanging out. I unlocked uh, Doom Slayer, and I'm waiting for the Geralt to come to the, the Battle Ooh. Pass. So fun stuff, but that's it. I just, you know, basically persona and I tried, I'll try more death stranding. I'll beat it just because at the game awards, I were certain people were like, Oh my God, uh, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm finishing because death stranding two got announced. I'm like, Holy fuck. I don't care. I was like, let me go back and try just in case maybe I'm wrong. And I think I'm not wrong, but I'll keep playing and see if my, I'll see if my opinion <laughs> changes on death stranding. Death stranding <laughs> I'm telling you there is certain People I saw on Twitter who were like, literally like, I've, I'm, my body is cleansed because I saw this training too and I finished <laughs> whatever. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's going to be like, and like finishing, I know is like a euphemism, but no one says it like that. I'm going to, oh, that's why I said it because nobody it. says that. I'm yeah. taking it. I'm going to start using it. <laughs> I'm finishing. I finished. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Audrey AF in the chat says, Yas P5R, very in the persona for you. Oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, I'll go with mine here real quick, and then Alex will wrap up with you. I have played about 15 minutes of High on Life. Which, oh, I also played ooh. that. 
Yeah. I forgot. I also played that game. Yeah, that's yeah. the Squanch Games. It's the Rick and Morty guy, Justin Roiland. Um, it's it's the, I played 15 minutes of it, and it's fantastic, and I already wanted it to be on my Game of the Year list, but I couldn't justify it after playing 15 minutes. But yeah, that game just starts out as, it, like, the way it starts immediately hooked me. <sighs> so you're good. fucking divorce lawyers calling you saying, and you're playing this, like, Doom-like game and he's like hey we're on your ex-wife's alien ship and all her boyfriends are coming after you and you have to kill all her <laughs> boyfriends and i'm your divorce lawyer and i'm just really happy to be along the ride it's fantastic it's so stupid and great yeah uh so yeah i played that i will probably i have like six days left on my game pass subscription so i'll either finish it or i'll just straight up just buy that one game um and oh yeah metal gear solid on game boy color y'all I don't, oh, okay. I don't think I've talked about this yet that's, on the podcast. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. That's Ghost Babble, right? No, it's just called Metal Gear Solid. So, like, the if I recall correctly, like, the Metal Gear Solid game that was released for Game Boy, it's just called Metal Gear Solid, but within the community, it's called Ghost Babble because it tells a, like, original story that involves something called the Ghost Babble, if I recall Sounds correctly. Sounds like a Yeah. I I don't know about the ghost babble yet. I have not encountered that in the game, but it is it is like it, it is a legit entry in the storyline and it is pretty it's authentically it is as authentic as a Metal Gear Solid game you can get on Game Boy Color, which is fantastic. And the reason I'm playing is because I, you know, I got my analog pocket and mm -hmm. I got Metal Gear Solid at that place in Rhode Island, the the time yeah, yeah, capsule and it was busted. So then I, you know, I downloaded the cores on here and I'm playing it that way. Um, so yeah, I did a I did a quick little bit of googling. It, it, this is a it's one of those localization situations where it's called Metal Gear Ghost Babble in Japan, but then outside of Japan they just called it Metal Gear Solid. I guess because uh, they figured that was like better for marketing purposes. Yeah. Gotcha. Those Americans wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. It's got it's got you know lasers, and you got to equip your little vape pen so you can see the lasers. You got you got to mm. avoid cameras. You got guards walking around. You got to stay out of their sight lines. You got guns, rations, everything you could expect from a Metal Gear Solid. You got the codec conversations. It's great. Mm. It's great. It's it's like surprisingly authentic Metal Gear Solid. It's fantastic. That's cool. So playing that, and uh, the last one here is. Uh, something that I didn't think I would be saying in the year of our Lord 2023 in January, but I played Diablo, not Diablo 2, Destiny 2 on Stadia. Oh, and, Stadia. Uh, I thought it was yeah. on standby or something. I didn't know. No, on, on that Google cough Stadia. was legit because of that reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not because I'm recovering from a cold. Go on. I um, So I, I drove across the country to spend Christmas with my family and then immediately got COVID and had to spend it isolated in my bedroom. And uh, so I played a lot of Destiny 2, baked some cookies, tried originally doing it via remote play on my PS5, and it was it was not going well. It was not mm. like input lag, some, some uh, rubber banding. So I was like, let me try this on Stadia. And it just ran so surprisingly well. And it's like, if only that service ran that well the whole time that I experienced with it and then like had a good business model that it would still be around today. How much longer? Was it like two months and it's dead or something like that? No, like it's, officially? It is sometime this month that is shutting down. It's sometime this month, damn. Yep. So yeah, played some Destiny 2. And, oh, and then last, uh, this weekend we, we attempted the 
um, Vault of Glass raid, we were like, let's go in on master difficulty and try to do the challenges in it too that add a little extra piece of difficulty. And we got in there and we're like, ha, 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 nope. Nice nope. guy. <laughs> and we even got shamed. There was like some rando dude. There was a some kid from the UK who joined us who was like, hey, Audrey knew him, and Audrey, and he was like, "Can you help me get some master difficulty challenges done in Vault of Glass?" We're like, "Yeah, we'll give it a shot, sure, whatever." And then he, we needed a sixth person. He brought in some other person from his clan, and at the end of the second encounter, the guy's just like, "Well, I mean, we're doing okay because we're close to sixteen ten, like the actual power level, but the rest of you were like fifteen eighty nine and like fifteen ninety one, and we were like, okay, yeah, we get it. We're gonna try one more time. And we give up." <laughs> <laughs> so but then we did it all last do, night but uh <laughs> yeah we did it all last night um not on master difficulty we just did regular difficulty but we did the challenges for the first time so like mm -hmm. defeating atheon while um making sure only one person shoots each oracle and then um making sure you kill like a, a two enemies at the same time within these portals during one of the encounters or all sorts of interesting things like that um just add a little bit of extra challenge and we did it once and we never have to do it again until we decide that we're going to be crazy enough to do it on master difficulty. Perfect. That's it. That's all I played. Uh, Alex, take us through what you got. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, definitely not fighting off a coal. Definitely did that for dramatic effect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was very, uh, how to say, like utilitarian in terms of the games I chose to focus on during my break. Uh, because it was um, our respawning fire bar for the uh, months of November and December, I decided to finish in Platinum Sonic Frontiers. Ended up being a good decision because I ended up putting it on my game of the year list. Uh, beat and Platinum Cult of the Lamb. Uh, didn't enjoy it enough to put it on my game of the year list, evidently, but I had a lot of fun with that game. Definitely a kind of good little game to round out the year on. Uh, and then I truly rounded out the final few days of the year, uh, platinuming God of War Ragnarok and beating Neon White. I actually was ever so slightly late with that one. I, no joke, rolled credits on Neon White like 20 minutes after 2022 was over, and I am oh, still yeah, kicking right. myself over that, but you know, that's what happens. Um, and you just I didn't also, pee that one time or you didn't take a poo break. It was it was making six pizzas that night that distracted me <sighs> from playing Neon White. Um, and I also played a little bit of Fortnite during the break as well with a friend. Uh, previously, I'd played very little Fortnite. And let me tell you. Let me tell you, we were able to kick some kids' asses. Yes! Good old Fortnite. It's always fun. Uh, I'm not getting the battle pass just yet or investing a lot of money into it because as much as I love Deku and the characters of My Hero Academia, I don't like know how long I'm actually going to be committed to this game, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely getting a little bit more into the Fortnite groove than I ever was in the past. Uh, and finally, I will after say all quick, the... Yes. No build? You guys playing no build? Yes. Yeah, no That's one plays build. Bro, I'm telling you, it's yeah. so much... It's. This is the first time I ever played no build. Uh, I, thank you. I'm with you. I'm stick with Fortnite because I don't have to build anymore. It's great. Yeah. And then uh, finally, after all the kind of various celebrations and, uh, you know, feasting was over, I decided, you know what? You know what? 
during my big um, extra live stream last year, um, in between like platinuming 27 Garbo uh, games on the PlayStation <laughs> Store, I did actually play a few legitimate games here and there. One of those games was Ratchet and Clank 2016, which I went into being like, ah, this game's going to be okay, but it's probably not going to be good as Rift Apart. I actually enjoyed it a surprising amount on that stream, and so I figured, you know what? Let's just go all the way. Let's beat this game. And I spent the entirety of yesterday uh, beating and rolling credits on Ratchet & Clank 2016. I couldn't for the life of you describe its story, but that game is very fun. Surprisingly so. And I'm looking forward to platinuming it over the next few days. That's good to hear, because I'm in your same boat where, like, I played Rift Apart, but I've never played any other Ratchet & Clank games. And I'm like, do I want to go back and play 2016? So it's good to hear that you still enjoyed it a lot. Y yeah, it got a um, it got like a 60 FPS patch uh, for PlayStation 5, I want to say, uh, in the lead up to Rift Apart's release. So it, at the very least, it runs real smooth. Dope. Well, let's move on to our quest log. We talk about what happened in the past, I guess, couple weeks now since we last recorded. And we're going to start with one of our two segments from Adam. Woo! Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. That's that's segment from Adam to the tune of the Batman score. Oh, oh so I like it very much. Yeah. Bom, 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 bom. Yeah. So this uh, segment from Adam is uh, sponsored by Max Scoville this week, and we're going to talk about uh, Game Awards. I don't, I don't know if really. I can legally allow that. I don't well, know if he tell Max to, to come. That. Tell Max to come on the show and stop me. Um, All right, I'm just messing. I'm mess. I love. I love those guys. Uh, let's see. So we did earlier in December. We did Game Awards predictions, and I'm like, "All right, time for the pay the piper." Now remember, the winner wins a year <laughs> extra onto their life, and the losers have to give up six months of their lives. I so totally someone forgot is about, about to die this. sooner, and someone's going to live longer based on these results. And also, if there's any cool announcements you guys want to talk about during this, we can just because again. Game Awards was almost a month ago. I don't want to break down something that happened a month ago. We already know. Hades looks awesome. Jedi Survivor looks cool to me. There's a lot of cool announcements. Christopher Judge talked a long time. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I have the results. And why the poll these up? If there's any announcement you guys think were cool. But yeah, I'm, when Death Stranding got announced, up. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> God. You were one of the people on Twitter. You're right. Um, okay. So. We're going to start from the bottom of my list to the top. So basically, we start with the overall game of the year. Um, Chad was the only one who went against the group and chose God of War. Elden Ring did win. So me and Alex have a point. Chad is on zero. You're already starting to lose your life. Um, next up, we <laughs> had to pick an esports category from Game Awards. Uh, Chad chose uh, esports athlete of the year as a yay. Chad didn't know. Why did you pick Ye, by the way? Just because Ye was his nickname? Because Ye was his name, yeah. Yeah, you won that one, by the way. Yeah, Don't know I how? did. Yay! You got it right. Um, <laughs> I chose Esports Game League of Legends, which went to Valorant. I was wrong. Esports Event, Alex chose Evo, and it went to um, the World Championship. So, Alex, is that is your world tied at one now? You know, that's exactly how I used to vote as a kid. Like, Go down the list. Who has cool? the silliest name? Or who? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand that one. Uh, next up, we chose a category, uh, just like a, you know, like a subcategory genre of game. Uh, for best sim game, Chad chose Rabbids, uh, and he won. Yes, there you go. That's two for I'm Chad. I'm gonna live so long. I, cho 
so long, man. Uh, I chose a uh, mobile game, which was Marvel Snap, so I got that correct. We're both at... Wait, you're at... We're both at two now. Two. Yeah. I'm at two. That's right. Um, this one doesn't make sense, but Alex chose Sifu for fighting, and they didn't win. They went to multiverses, which we all agreed that Sifu's not really a fighting game, but I'm shocked it didn't win, because I assumed idiots would just say that Sifu was the best fighting game of the year. Well, well yeah, I was thinking, if it got on the list at all, that, that same idiocy is going to propel it to victory, but I guess it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I was very shocked that they actually chose a real fighting game. I was like, oh, Alex got this one in the back. Of course it's going to be Sifu. And I didn't. Um, so Alex is at one. Me and Chatter at two. Alex looks like you're going to lose six months here. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if the last one goes. Um, and then we picked categories based on, like, you know, direction, art direction, da-da-da. Chad Joe's best direction for God of War. It did not win. What did win? Was that Elden Ring that won best direction? Elden Ring won direction and art direction. Ew, so either direction you would have lost. Uh, so that's two for Chad total. Uh, we'll just go to Alex. He chose audio. Call of Duty 2 went to God of War Ragnarok. So Alex is at one right out of uh -oh. three. Chad's at two right out of four. Um, and then I chose best narrative as God of War. And it did go to God of War. Damn it. Which means I win three to two to one. I gain a year extra on my life, and you two die six months earlier. Can I choose which oh. six months I give you? <laughs> I think it's going to be randomly chosen. Damn it. So, it is what it is. I think we did pretty good. Well, I did very well. It's esports. I don't think I can ever guess an esports category correctly. I mean, that was way. easy. That was easy as hell. Yeah. This is yay, man. This is yay. Also, it's funny. I agreed with every one of Alex's predictions and. All of them were wrong except for Elden Ring. So if we would have switched <laughs> categories, I would have lost and you would have won. So just a funny thing to. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We'll say, were there any uh, announcements you guys thought were cool? I mean, I'm very excited for AU2. That was a big fucking deal. But, I mean, uh, I was very excited by the announcement of Judas. Um, oh, I, yeah, I talked yeah. about this privately with some other people, but like I had really sworn off. Uh, what at the time we only knew as Ken Levine's new upcoming game, just because it had been taking so long and there had been like reports about the studio just having a real rough time getting that game off the ground. And, you know, obviously that stuff theoretically still happening. Theoretically, this game is still, you know, ha still has been a very kind of arduous process, but that game looked really good. It evoked so many kind of nostalgic feelings that I didn't realize I had for the older Bioshock games. And I'm really looking forward to it. It was a really good trailer. I was like, holy shit, is this Bioshock? And it's like, oh, it's Ken. Oh, yeah, this is Bioshock, basically. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm, too. I'm a big old Bioshock fanboy. So, yeah, when I saw, what is it? Ghost Story Games is the name of This is the first thing they've yeah. ever done since Bioshock Infinite. Mm -hmm. um, was, I was so freaking pumped. And yeah, it looks, it looks just like it with a slightly different IP. So. I'm pumped for that. I was also bummed that we didn't see Bioshock 4. Like, we know that's in development. Um, we didn't get to see that. No, we didn't. Uh, the last couple things for me, uh, I do. it makes me no difference because I don't think any of us were obsessed with this game, but Horizon Forbidden West DLC only being PS5 is interesting. Yeah. Um, which was cool. I mean, that's good, I guess, but like, that's a weird move to make. Uh, and then Armored Core 6, only because, again... People have, from software has had fans, but after the year Elden Ring had, I think people are going to be way more excited. I'm still, I don't know, because I've been reading this stuff on it, and they're like, no, it's not a Souls-like, it is an Armored Core game. I'm like, is that good or bad? I don't know. I'll have to go back and play old Armored Core and determine if a modern Armored Core would be good, in my opinion, because I'm really not a huge mech guy. 
I like Souls games now, but I'm not a mech person. So I'm like, them saying it's not Souls and it's more Armored Core. I'm like, eh. but of course it'll come out and I'll play it and it'll be my favorite game of the year because they fucking <laughs> convinced me of everything. So we'll see. That trailer but, uh, was badass though. Yeah. Oh, the trailers are always cool. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. it's fucking cool. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me though. Audrey in the chat says Earthblade. I loved Celeste. Super excited. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Celeste thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of good announcements overall. It was solid. It was solid. That Bayonetta prequel thing. I was like, Alex is gonna love this. Did you ever play Bayonetta three? By the way, Alex. Uh, I ended up not because, and I feel like we talked about this on the podcast. Just mm-hmm. all the the weird negativity and strife surrounding the game's launch, surrounding the voice actor controversy, and then the ending controversy. I was just like, ah. Eh. You know, I come to video games to, you know, make me feel de-stressed. And I feel like this game is only making me feel more stressed. Eventually, like, both Bayonetta 3 and this upcoming game will be played. Uh, okay. I just don't know when. Because I say I'm going to do stuff all the time and then don't follow through. So I was just wondering if you followed through <laughs> or not. Uh, all right. But yeah, that's it. I, Adam wins. Game Awards had cool stuff. I live longer. You guys die earlier. Uh, but go ahead. Use that's that, my first use, segment. Use that year well. Drink a lot of those menthol cigarette melons. I'm going to use it eating spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) I have a whole extra year just to eat spaghetti. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, Next up on our quest log, High on Life is a hit. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. High on Life, again, the Squanch Games game from uh, the Rick and Morty creator, co-creator, Justin Roiland has officially become Xbox Game Pass's biggest launch of 2022, the biggest third-party Game Pass launch ever, and the biggest single-player game launch on Game Pass of all time. The news was shared on Xbox Wire, and it was confirmed that these stats were, quote, measured in terms of engagement based on the number of hours played in the first five days of release. Uh, Mike Fridley, from C- the COO and studio director of Squanch Games, said, This was our first time launching a game with Game Pass, and we've been blown away by the response from the players who have made us the most popular game on Game Pass right now. When Squanch Games was first created, it was to make the games we wanted to play, and Game Pass is helping us reach the players that want to play those games too. That's awesome. I was, I already was pumped for this game, but I assumed it was going to have like a really niche audience and it wasn't really going to take off as much as it did, but that's fantastic. Yeah, Alex, are you saying something? Yeah, good for them. No, nothing much else yeah. to say. I'll, I'll see if I get around to this at some point. I know that in this household, it had three points of engagement because I downloaded my Xbox. My son downloaded his Xbox, and I also... During the break, I just want to play my PC. So I'm like, I also download it here and pick up my save here. So I played it in three different places. So yeah, good for them. Again, big fan of Justin Roiland. Um, so yeah, good for them. I also like to see that like Game Pass is working out and helping these guys out and get their game out there and people excited about it. Um, and I I, ha- I hate that I have to wait to May to watch Rick and Morty on streaming, but it is what it is. I, when I read this file, I was like, hey, when is Rick and Morty season five or six come in and it's like six months after i'm like fuck anyways oh, that's damn. I, I've, I initially i just bought it on itunes so it was like 20 bucks for the whole season it. Say, yeah it, it was yeah. it was a very good season very good i mean i didn't pay for high on life so i might as well pay for rick and morty <laughs> i guess someone paid for high on life it just wasn't me technically all right very cool all right next up potty mouth ryan dinsdale says spider-man 2 gets a fucking release window this comes from ign This was revealed in a PlayStation blog post. The long-awaited sequel to 2018's Spider-Man will seemingly stick to the promised 2023 release year. 
a quote from Insomniac's creative director, Brian Intahar. What a year it's been for PlayStation Studios. Here at Insomniac Games, we've been in absolute awe of the work of our peers. Congrats to everyone on a successful 2022. And here's to the next year being just as exciting as we continue to get Marvel Spider-Man 2 ready for release next fall. Dope. You know why this is great news? One is great news because Spider-Man 2 is going to be fantastic. I can't wait. It's going to be great. But that also means Wolverine is that much closer because we mm. all knew Wolverine was not going to come before Spider-Man 2. And now we know okay. it's at least coming next fall or later. Uh, yeah, same for me. I was, you know, just looking forward to next year and what everything that's coming out. And for me, right now, for what we know of, yeah, the biggest thing that I would be most, most interested in from PlayStation would be Spider-Man 2. And I'm like, oh, it's actually coming out in fall. I'll actually get to play this game. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed there's no delays. Because, like, that's the number one thing I'm interested for coming up. Because, like, I'm not a Final Fantasy dude, so, like, those exclusive games don't mean anything to me. But fucking Spider-Man and Miles is there from the start. I'm all in, dude. Fucking Venom. Venom is there. Yeah. Craven. Yeah. That big old buff boy who kills lions. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Spider-Man. I, I may have a prediction involving this game that we'll <gasps> mention later in the podcast. So I'm going to remain tight. I have a couple. Now. As well. Oh, is. All right. And then our last story here on our quest log Jedi Survivor gameplay details. This comes from Grace Benfall at GameSpot. In an interview with Game Informer, game director Stig Asmussen and uh, explained features of the upcoming Star Wars title. There are a total of five lightsaber stances, including a dual blade stance and one where Cal wields both a lightsaber and a blaster, which is dope. A new heavy and slow style uses the cross guard lightsaber introduced by Kylo Ren. These new stances will let you hit harder or from farther away, but whether you should use them depends on the enemies you will be facing. Survivor also options more options for offers more options for travel, allowing for what Asmussen calls a wider Metroidvania approach. You can also use an ascension cable to climb walls or gaps. You can also tame and ride mounts. And uh, players can use a variety of skills to hop across unthinkable barriers. Cal Kestis will also gain some AI assistance in the form of a mercenary um, Bode Akuna? Bode? Sure. Body? Frank the Body Jibiati Akuna. Star name. <laughs> uh, who also has, who has a brotherly bond with the young Jedi. Akuna will help you in both combat and traversal. Akuna's not replacing BD-1, right? No, like, BD-1's, BD-1's also still okay, okay. No, okay, okay, okay. she's Akuna Matata. What a wonderful <laughs> phrase. Uh, from what Bring I the body again, body, Akuna Matata, Akuna. <laughs> body. Uh, again, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm a big fan of the respawn in the first game. This game looks like more and better. Um, but yeah, the the idea of this new friend, because we, I mean, just based on the trailer, like Cal's flying the Manus around, and Grease isn't there, and Sears like off doing her own thing. So you know, whatever his adventure continues, he might not be with those people that he was in the first one i guess we'll see but i like the idea of yeah here's a bunch of different stances like you know i'm a big combat nerd now so give me stances and multiple loadouts and stuff to fight certain enemies i'm all about it uh and march man so close yeah this that's a game i gotta go back and and replay because i did not enjoy it the first time but i feel like i i would very much enjoy it now especially now that it has all the the ps5 upgrades and 60 yeah. frames and all that stuff it'll it'll be a much better time for you yeah. yep audrey says the same thing new year's resolution is to finally play fall in order do it all right folks that's it for the quest log and that brings us to our second segment from adam 
Segment from Adam. Oh. Segment from Adam. Segment from Uh-oh. Adam. That's Star Wars. Yeah, it's me again. Hold on, you're sponsored this week by. Are you still there? Brian Altano. <laughs> Anything cozy? You gonna argue with me on that one? Actually, I think cozy froze. I think cozy's froze. <laughs> I just realized it now. There he is. Oh, there he's back now. Just, just well, maybe. G- give me just stall for just a second more. I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure we're no problem. Okay. I will stall. I will explain what we're doing here. So this segment, we're gonna do our 2023 gaming predictions. Chad, I'll let you start. So by the way, so I thought Chad wrote mine down. But I should have wrote my own I down. Not. I remember from last year's predictions that I did say, like, I said specifically that two of these three games would be pushed. And I said God of War, Zelda, and Starfield. But I think I specifically said Zelda and Starfield. So I give myself, like, a point, half point. I'll give myself, like, 0.75. Because I got the prediction right. I just named the wrong game after I re-entered myself but chad what do you actually predict because you wrote your stuff down unlike me yeah so here are my predictions that i made last january for 2022 the first one is all around vr said there will be three new big vr headsets announced this year psvr 2 will still be wired but it will be a single cable and won't need a breakout box or camera quest 3 will still be fully wireless and then there will be another big contender with a full wireless option psvr 2 will be incredible that's what i wrote Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get all the all the PSVR two announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see Quest three, but we did see Quest Pro or Quest two. We got another there? Quest. We got yeah. more Quest stuff. Uh, we just didn't see a third contender yet with a wireless. So option. close, man. Yeah, very yeah. close. Very so I'm, I'm going to give myself point six six there. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one. <laughs> this one's silly now. Looking back on it, a Microsoft first party game will win Game of the Year. Nope. Should have been Pentiment, but no. Yeah, everything got pushed back. Uh, And then finally, my last prediction from last year was we won't see any new Nintendo hardware revisions or consoles this year. Got that one. When when was OLED? Was that not last year? I guess that was the... That was September of last year that it came out. Okay, yeah. With Metroid. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, look at you. Yeah, two points. Two out of three. Well, 1.66 out of three, baby. And since I don't remember mine, and there's no way to go back and check, I think I got point two point seven five because I got my other ones correct as well. Well, let's let's also remember that you you got an extra year during this episode, so like cut us some slack. Got an extra year on your life, yeah. Oh, that's true. I'll give it to you then. Okay, I thanks, have an extra thanks. year to live. I'm not going to give you guys <laughs> too much grief. So, right. couple uh, of things. So yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. things. First off, seems like my internet is doing a okay again. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, second thing is. You know, before we went live, I asked the two of you how many predictions you have for this year. Uh, Chad, you said you had four-ish. Uh, I've got Adam, three. Three, okay. Adam, you said you had eight. I have eight just in case they get taken. Uh, I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to best both of you. I'm going to have nine predictions. Oh, my God. And so now, well, I'm going to make up two right now. Well, well what I want to know is, like... So as to make this fair, am I making it so that each of my individual predictions are worth like a quarter of a point or half a point? Or how are we going to do this? I think we should go with three apiece and whatever you think your best three are just to make it even instead of trying to confuse it. Okay. Because I'm I'm assuming me and you will have similar predictions and maybe Chad takes all, maybe all Chad's are on our list so that that just gives us extra. See what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Fair enough. And I'll kind of reveal my other sixes hey these are some fun bonuses as well for sure so i think chad should go first because he has the least amount 
All right. And you write all of ours down, right, Chad? Uh, yes, I will write them all down. Yes. Okay. All right. So here is my first one. They're, they're kind of on the same themes as last year, just reusing them with different context. So the first one, we will see an actual Quest 3 VR announced this year. So that's mm. like not the pro version that's like clearly not a consumer level product. This one's going to be in that few hundred dollar range. Um, as well as we will finally see that other big contender with a fully wireless option. Do you think another company is going to finally be like, here's our... Right, whether it's Valve or okay. whether it is someone new that we haven't anticipated, like someone's going to come out with another kind of a Quest 3 VR um, contender. Doubling down, all right. We'll see, yep. how, see how it works. Uh, I'm going to make the opposite prediction for the Nintendo one. We will see either a legit successor or some kind of revision to the Nintendo Switch that gives us more power. So something, something we will see a more powerful version of a Nintendo console release, not released, but an, at least announced this year. Can I ask for? Okay, can I ask for? Yeah, I was going to ask for more clarification. So you said there will be an announced, but not released, because one of my prediction is no new Switch hardware releases in twenty three. Period. It, yeah, I, I do not make the distinction that it will release, but we will at least see what there will be some kind of announcement about some. We more will know of a Switch. new kind of hardware. Okay. Yeah. Could be a Switch Pro, think, could be Switch 2, whatever it is. I think I'm in the middle of the two of you guys where Nintendo is just so unpredictable and wily. I'm like, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't want to commit either way because who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to gray mine out because me and Chad's are similar enough where I'm going to give that one to Chad. So I'm graying that out for me. My last prediction is that the Activision merger will not go through at Microsoft, but... Mm there will still be almost the entire catalog of Activision on Game Pass as comp as like a consolation thing. The exception will be maybe some big hitters like Call of Duty won't be there day one, but we will get hmm. a lot of other Call of Duties on there. Also had a counter with this one. I said Activision uh, Blizzard will go through basically unchanged. Maybe a thing here or there, but basically I think it would go through. Again, another counter. I'm going to give it to you. Of course, I'm graying this one out, but uh, that will be interesting to see how that deal happens this year like if anything changes if it matters whatever we'll know soon enough so all right, right. those are my three i'm ready to write y'alls all right cozy you can go first because okay sure why not let's do this prediction number one this year we'll get a metroid prime series of announcements in the vein of last year's series of final fantasy 7 announcements which is to say the much-rumored remake slash remaster of Metroid Prime 1 will be announced as coming out for this winter, while Metroid Prime 4 will be announced as coming out for next winter. God, I you know what? I don't even care about getting the points in the thing or not. I hope, because holy shit, well, everyone's like, it's coming. Didn't Jeff Grubb like say he's going to well, cut his hair if it didn't happen? So here's <laughs> the thing is I'm trying to I'm trying to couch it in like, I am predicting that these games will be announced this year, but I am giving myself as much leeway as possible being like, yeah, Metroid Prime 4 is still leagues and leagues away. And even Metroid Prime 1 is only coming out at the end of this year. I think I, I think that because of that particular detail, this is a safe bet, but we'll see. Here's what I'm going to do. You all obviously have these written. I'm going to have you just copy and paste the three that you ended up doing in either the doc or the Discord chat, and then I yeah. will just keep them in this note together. That's fine. Perfect. Cool. All right. Uh, prediction number two. DLC will be announced for God of War Ragnarok. It will Ooh. involve 
Kratos and the Mir Exploring the British Isles and will serve as an epilogue to Kratos's story, for now, in the vein of The Witcher 3's Blood and Wine DLC, to make room for young Atreus taking over the franchise from here on out, or at least for the foreseeable future. There Interesting. Were, you know, we all played God of War Ragnarok. There are a lot of like little hints and teases to, you know, other civilizations, other, you know, pantheons throughout that game. And, I, you know, a lot of us were predicting, like, where is it that the series could go next? Maybe Kratos will go to Egypt. I think, though, that the more obvious answer is that Kratos will explore the one kind of geographical area that has been discussed the most in God of War Ragnarok and also 2018, but that we've yet to properly see so far, which is the British Isles, because Mimir comes from that location and has talked quite extensively about that place and its, you know, pantheon and mythological characters and whatnot. All right. Like and it. finally, I would like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd like it too. God of War is good. Uh, and finally, prediction number three. In the same way that the 2018 Game of the Year race was between God of War 2018 and Red Dead Redemption 2, and the 2022 race was between God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring, the 2023 Game of the Year race will specifically be between The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Redfall. Oh, Redfall twist. is the more, the more <laughs> unlikely uh, of the two games, but... I think it legit has uh, the opportunity to be that game this year. Um, you know, Arcane Studios, you know, has a fantastic track record with uh, the Dishonored games and, you know, most recently Deathloop, which I love, love, loved. And I think that this mm -hmm. has the potential to be kind of like Arcane's uh, Overwatch, which, if you recall, previously won Game of the Year in 2016. We, we typically don't think about multiplayer games winning the kind of Game of the Year crown, but th there is a precedent there, and I feel like if there's any game that's going to kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tears of the Kingdom, I think this one has to get a best shot at it. It's something that was also noted during the Game Awards this year is that, like, Microsoft never has really had, like, a console-exclusive take the Game of the Year award crown, and I feel like if Redfall really hits and is as good as, you know, potentially they're hyping it up to be, I think they're going to want to really push it in that regard. I would be willing to give him a full point if it's one of the six nominees, Chad, at Game Awards. If Redfall is this, I would be like, yeah, bro, you got it. Even if it doesn't like win or people are like, it's clearly number six. If it was even in that conversation, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. You get full point for that. I, I will hold judgment until we figure out how many of mine come true next year. That's true. <laughs> when the points matter, we'll yes. decide if your yes. thing goes in or not. I like that. Those are good. All right. That's your three then, huh? Yep. Okay. Oh, man. I've got some fun ones here. I do have one that's just for fun. I don't know if I make that a real one. Maybe I should. All right. Number one. 2023 will have more games rated 90 plus on Metacritic than the past two years. Two years combined or past two years individually? Two years in separately as okay. the two years. Um, just for reference, I went on Metacritic and looked for games that were released originally in that year. So like, you know, Hades got re-released on Xbox or PlayStation. I didn't count Hades for that year. There was eight games that were 90 plus in 2022, six in 2021. So basically we'd have to get more than eight this year. I looked at 2020 and there were 14 games. I'm like, that's a little rich for my blood. I'm not gonna do 14, Yeah. but I think there will be, that means either nine or more games that are 90 plus on Metacritic by the end of this year. 
I think that's my first one. All right. Um, hmm. What's another fun one on here? Okay, because I did mention something about Spider-Man. Wolverine gets a 2024 release window by the end of the calendar year. So we're going to, Spider-Man's going to get out. They're going to get released. And I don't know, even if it's a blog post like they did with Spider-Man, they will say, hey, Wolverine is coming in 2024. If it hits it or not, doesn't matter. I'm saying that they're going to yeah. say it's 2024. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to do the funny one. No, I don't want to do the funny one. <laughs> I have a funny one. I will tell you what the funny one is. My last okay. actual prediction. We get no more than three games launched into PlayStation Plus. And that service doesn't evolve in any major way. Uh, just for an example, when they relaunched PlayStation Plus, they're like, hey, you know, there's this backlog, you own this tier, da 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 We have games launching into the service on day one. To date, the only game that ever launched is Stray. Stray is the one and the only. Yeah. And I think that will continue to be a trend. Maybe you'll get one, maybe two. That's why I said three to protect myself. But I don't think PlayStation Plus has any, like, I mean, they don't want to change it. It's going to say how it is. It's going to be this yeah. thing that isn't as good as Game Pass, but they had to change it. And I think that's what it's going to stay. So I don't think the more than three games launch into it on day one, and it doesn't change in any major way. That's my three. I think that's a safe bet. What's your funny yeah. one? Uh, well, as I'm copying and pasting the to you, what were your other ones, uh, Alex? Uh, what are my other ones? Uh, just a heads up. I have six. So do you want me to go through mm -hmm. all four, six of them or? Yeah, just go through your extras. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, number one, Hogwarts Legacy will be another major Warner Brothers game with a rough launch. Like uh, <gasps> Gotham Knights before it, it'll fail to capture the hearts of critics, but nevertheless will sell very well, securing the development of a sequel. Uh, number two, Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen will be introduced in Insomniac Spider-Man 2, setting up a future Ooh. DLC game in the vein of Miles Morales starring her. Three would not be mad. Sony will have more major releases launch on the higher tiers of its newly revamped version of PlayStation Plus, but it won't make any obvious push towards making the platform more like Xbox Game Pass. By the end of the year, we'll still be wondering, when is this going to get good? Number four, Nintendo will announce that GameCube games are coming to the Nintendo Switch online. They'll be available at its expansion pack tier. However, the initial slate of games will include a smattering of titles like Mario Sunshine, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, Kirby's Air Drive, and not much else because, and I looked this up ahead of the podcast, there are a lot of GameCube games that are getting remastered or remade recently between Resident Evil 4, mm. Metroid Prime 1, mm. and so on and so forth. So there won't be a ton of games, but they will be there. Uh, number five, uh, this one is pretty pie in the sky, but I want to believe it. A remake slash remaster of Kid Icarus Uprising will be announced uh, per, per Nintendo leaker Zippo, who made this prediction in July of last year. Uh, it is being developed collaboratively uh, by Nintendo and Bandai Namco. Uh, while it won't quite be a game of the year contender, fans and critics alike will be shocked by how enjoyable it is. Uh, and finally, uh, prediction number six, Persona 6 will finally be teased, but it will be a very meager, small tease, and once again will leave Persona fans nonplussed. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, Persona yeah. fans. For, for, to give a little Got bit of context, when Persona 5 was first teased, it was teased like 
all the way back in like I want to say like 2014, e- even earlier than that. And the original tease for per- for Persona Five was like just like a static image of like a classroom with like shackles around the chairs, and that was it. Yeah, I- I'm predicting something on the right. same level as that. I could see it. All right, I have three. I'm saving the silly one for last because Chad's okay. gonna get a chuckle. But it is absolutely <laughs> a joke. I well, it's kind of a joke. Uh, so, no new first-party games from Xbox or PlayStation have any mention of last gen. Um, again, we've had the news that Microsoft's like our games are now seventy dollars. PlayStation isn't even putting DLC for games that came on PS4 on PS4. They're like they're done. At, yeah, they're like twenty twenty-three. These things are dead to us. Uh, that was one I also had. Uh, Sony, by the way, I got this one specifically from Mike Ruffalo over at Left Behind Game Club because he was playing Elden Ring earlier and I was watching him fight a boss. I said, like, bro, I'm doing these predictions. You got one for me? So this is from Mike Ruffalo. Um, Sony's PlayStation presence will be stronger. Um, he's suggesting maybe rolling PlayStation support into PC, like LFF PS Plus. You're, you know, obviously they're putting all of their games on play on PC. He's like, maybe there's some sort of extra bonus in like, instead of just throwing it out there, and selling it on Steam, maybe like, oh, you get trophies on PC now, and if you attach your PlayStation profile, you some something with Sony doing more with PC. Um, and my last one, I'm going to read this verbatim, and it's a joke, but it's fucking funny as fuck to me. Uh, Regardless the amount of amazing, transformative, or influential games this year, and no matter the quality, quantity, or absolute minness, Chad Michael Ennis will 100% choose the Sony exclusive as his game of the year for 2023. <laughs> Spider-Man, so they baby. can put out they can put out one game, yeah, Spider Man, yeah. which I would love, and Chad would be like, third party doesn't exist. Spider Man yeah. game of the year, <laughs> and of course it's just a joke. Um, but when you ch- picked Returnal, I was like, really, Chad? What are you doing here? <laughs> That's your game of the year. But that no, was my game of the, the year last year. That was that was fucking dope. But you didn't even beat it. And so. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm messing with Chad, but no, I mean when he's like Last of Us, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Got to worry, yeah, I get it. But, but when uh, Returnal came out, it was not. Uh, you said Sony exclusive, not Sony first party. I was gonna say, yeah, it was not yeah, first party exclusive. Time. So okay. Final Fantasy could be on here, shit like that. Oh, which also Final Fantasy crazy. also looks dope. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not crazy. This is yeah. why it's a joke to make fun of Chad for always picking Sony games. But the games he picks aren't actually bad, so I'm not really making fun of you that much. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. That was all my predictions. We got cool. two predictions in chat here. Audrey AF says Last of Us Factions coming in 2023. And then also at the same time as Alex said it on stream, new Persona game. <laughs> there was cool. no joke as I was scrolling through Twitter a moment ago. I saw something about a remake of Persona 3 on its way. But we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. if that Three happens. and four come out in a month. Is so n- month? Not, not, not the upcoming remaster, but a full-blown remake. Oh, like a remake? In, like, the mm-hmm. main oh, Persona. Cool it, apparently in the style of Persona 5. We'll see if that happens. But if it does <laughs> happen, we'll probably that will probably kill any chance of Persona 6 getting announced. So we'll see. Interesting. Well, that's it for our predictions. We'll keep track of them. Y'all are copying and pasting them, sending them to me, and I will keep track of them in our note. And uh, that's it for our show today. We don't have a game on game show, but we have had a meaty enough podcast that I think we're fine without it. Mm. You do still have uh, homework, though, in 2023. That's not gone away. Your homework is to go to patreon.com slash respawnamefire and subscribe at our only tier, which is our highest tier. And then also go to patreon.com slash comedy button or whatever it is. Is the comedy button or the comedy button? There's always an argument. It's the comedy button. T-H-E. Go to patreon.com slash comedy button comma the 
and no, that's <laughs> subscribe not to their it. lowest tier and go see Butt Birdie, hosted by Alex. Um, we have Barf is returning. Well, in its classic way. The podcast uh, is called The Comedy Button, but the Patreon is patreon.com slash comedy button. See? I just see? want to set the record Remember. straight so nobody walks away from this podcast confused. We're good. Move so on. don't do the comma the. But yeah, that was silly. spell out <laughs> go to patreon.com slash comma the and see what's there. And maybe subscribe there if they have cool stuff. I'm making that right now. Uh, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're putting up a new barf poll. It is Adam's month to choose since I chose last January. So he's going to put up four games on patreon.com slash responding fire for us to play. And you will go and vote as patrons on which one you would like to see us complete before the end of the month. And of course you get dope wallpapers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's it. That's it for our very first show of 2023. Thank you everyone one for last listening. Thing. Adam. One last sorry, thing. Alex, I know go. that we've shilled uh, throughout this podcast a lot for what i've been up to but i do want to say tonight i am starting my uh, pokemon soul silver nuzlocke run on twitch.tv slash cozy bear live k-o-z-i-b-e-a-r-l-i-v-e so be sure to tune into that it starts at 8 30 p.m est dope go check that out you have uh you have all your past like vods up on your twitch channel too if someone's not listening right now and on youtube as well perfect boom Dope, dope, dope. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, until next time, here's our usual sign off. Already won me over in spite of me. <laughs> <laughs>